does it hurt you to know that we're so far out of your league that you don't expect to get anything and our loss doesn't bother you? Do you like the fact that you've become that much of a mediocre team? Oh, it hurts you, doesn't it? Oh, it hurts you. See, that that sound there, that's the sound that you're going to make later. Look, when, when the fourth goal goes in, that groan of, oh, man, why do I support such a shit team? Oh, my God. Oh, everyone's jumping ship to Inter Milan. Oh. you buddy uh it's a somber one today i'm feeling uh somber. It's a somber one is it i'm feeling somber yeah that's for sure talk to me buddy why why are you feeling somber for what happened well so for anyone who has listened to, to the podcast a few times or just knows us personally then you'll know that i am a fan of manchester united and you are a fan of liverpool football club and today they played each other and your team came out on top. In a nutshell. I didn't quite catch that. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. Your team won. Well done. You were the better team. You deserved to win it. Being completely honest, you should have won it by more. Do you want to do the whole routine of didn't really lose out on anything and any of that? Or are we going to save that for a bit later? Or No, I'm going to, I'm going to stand by that because I do believe going into the game, we spoke a little bit earlier and I said... I feel like the pressure's off because Man United are very much not as good as Liverpool. I think everyone accepts that now. So we were never expected to get anything from the game. The fact that we haven't isn't essentially a loss. It's just, you know, as to be expected. Whereas if anything else happened, if we got one point or even better three, then I think um, it would have been a massive upset and I would have been overjoyed. Do you know how good it makes me feel for you to say that? Yeah. I know it does. And it hurts to say it. The roles have changed so much. And the thing is, is this is one episode where I get to be cocky. And I love it. You absolutely peppered us watching the game all over the pitch. You were first to every ball. We could not keep possession for long periods of the game. Um, and I think it just goes to show like there's leaders in your squad. There's organisation. Players work for each other. And that's just everything that Manchester United lacks. We've got a load of young players on the team who are good young players and exciting, but they lack guidance and they lack experience. Players like Brandon Williams, I didn't think had a bad game, but at times looked pretty nervy. You know, he's young. It's his, I think this is his first, yeah, it probably is his first start in a Man U Liverpool derby. So, yeah. I think so. And obviously Rashford at 22 years old is like our, our leader who's now out for two to three months and you could see we missed him. Dare I say it, we missed McTomney. We missed the adventurousness of um, Pogba. I think I've been going on about Fred all season and I've decided you can't knock his work rate. He works very, very hard, puts in loads of effort, but he can't execute very well. I thought he had a good game today, Fred. I thought he had a decent game. Even then, I think he had a good game, but if his execution matched his vision, he would be a good player, but his execution doesn't. 
unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he, he works really hard. Like he chases every ball down. He doesn't always win every ball he chases down. So yeah, it's easy to look like he had a good game because of how hard he worked. But in actual fact, he didn't actually achieve much in the game. Um, the only positive as a Man United fan was Luke Shaw for me. I thought he had a good game. I thought Luke Shaw was yeah. the only player who looked like physically strong. It's the first time I've seen Wambasaka look out on his feet. Mm. The bloke looked knackered. I couldn't work this out. I couldn't work out if he was tired or just not really willing to run as much as he normally does. He was very happy to let Lindelof come out to the right so he didn't have to. Too That happened too often for me. thing is, is he was up against Robertson and Robertson runs for days. Mm. I wanted to ask you about Firmino's goal. Is that a foul? I honestly believe... It was a foul, but regardless of if it's a foul or not, De Gea should be stronger with his hands there. I um, was listening to the debate at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you listened to it at all with Evera, Sunes and Keane. I didn't, no, sorry. And um, Evera sort of, well, Keane said it's not a foul. Said this, it's not a foul at all. Like Roy, Roy Keane is this? Yeah, Roy Keane. Okay. Patrice Evera's gone, of course it's a foul. He's bumped into him. But Grant has come up with a good point. He said he had his eyes on the ball the whole time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no real great contact. It's just a bump. Mm-hmm. How else are you supposed to challenge a goalkeeper? Well, I think the argument was that he sort of led with his arm, which makes it a illegal move. I, I don't really think he did. It's just, I mean, it was a good finish. I think that's the most annoying thing. It was, it was such a good finish that it would have been nice if it would have stood. And it, it deserves to stand, to be fair. I really feel like there was that moment... Salah missed a glorious chance where he got his feet shuffled up um, and Henderson hit the post as well. And on all those chances, I really thought we, we were running our luck there. There was a lot yeah. of talk of us, like Manchester United, weathering the storm. I'm not sure how much of it was weathering the storm and, or how much of it was like Liverpool just squandering some golden opportunities. Yeah. I mean, United had some decent opportunities themselves. Um, Martial yeah Martial this is the time that Martial really needs to step up it's it's literally he should be reaching his prime now at his age it's now or never and to be quite frank as a Man United fan I think if he doesn't step up now he we can show him the door yeah because he's just not doing enough really I was watching the game thinking one we never should have sold Lukaku and two it's such a shame we missed out on um, Erling Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 20 minute hat trick on his debut. Not bad. Eh? It showed the class between the two teams, I think. Mm-hmm. United, United, done, United done well, but United doing well still wasn't them being the best team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's massive. I think when you, look at, when you look at years gone by, Manchester United playing well means they win. Yeah. Manchester United now playing well means that they compete mm-hmm. I think that that is it's quite damning really mm. um, I mean you look at their bench their bench today was Romero Bailly Dallow Jones Mata Lingard and Greenwood right all of them you could class as first team players right mm. I guess so like, like you wouldn't be surprised if they were in the starting lineup at any any one time. Mm-hmm. Maybe apart from Phil Jones, 
Can I just mention about one matter, actually? I thought we looked like a team that finally had an idea of what we were doing when Mata came on. There was something about when Mata came on, like he demanded the ball, he was pointing, he was shouting at other players, he had ideas, he was actually putting crosses in um, and, you know, trying to play intelligent little chip balls and stuff. And no one else in our team does that. Yeah. Um, Pereira was supposed to do that. And Pereira just, I, I don't really get what he's about. No, no. I was just about to say to you, I don't know what Andre- Andreas Pereira does. No. I sort of, I feel like he look, he, you know, he might do something a little bit fancy every so often. But apart from that, he's not really good at any one thing. No. But yeah, going back to your subs, by Manchester United squad standards, that's not a bad bench. I looked at that bench and I thought, well, I'm not really bothered about any of them coming on. Greenwood's not a bad, you know, he's a good finisher. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, for how much money you've spent, I'm wondering where it is. Well, we've, we've sold it on again. Which is amazing, isn't it? We spent big on Lukaku, we spent big on Alexis Sanchez, um, spent big on Pogba and he's injured. Didn't didn't Sanchez come on a free? I thought you swapped him straight for Mkhitaryan. We swapped him and paid fifty million. Imagine that. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Arsenal took you to the cleaners. That was Wenger's parting gift. Yeah. I, I was reading Solskjaer saying in an interview that well, in Klopp's first season they finished eighth. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. So the issue I've got is with that statement is I, I completely get where you're coming from. I do completely get where you're coming from. But we brought players from Newcastle, Southampton, good players, but, you know, not, not world beaters. United are signing players on big money. I don't really feel like they're, they want the players that are ready for now, but I don't think they're able to get them anymore. I think the difference between, say, a Klopp and a Solskjaer, or maybe not Solskjaer, because Solskjaer hasn't really been there long enough to buy a load of players. Um, but the difference between Klopp and any Manchester United manager of the last however many years is that I feel Klopp buys players that fit into his philosophy as opposed to players that you're trying to build your team around. I feel like we bought Pogba with the intention of building our team around Pogba rather than identifying if there's a system that we play that Pogba fits into. The concept of Klopp selling Coutinho, who at the time was seen as one of the best players in the world, but it was fine because Coutinho didn't actually fit into this philosophy you have, and it's clearly worked. I think that's what we lack. We don't have a philosophy, and we don't have, um, yeah, we we because we don't have a philosophy, we can't identify the players that will fit into our squad. So we just kind of hit and hope and just buy big. Which is kind of scary, isn't it? It's almost like a Russian roulette of transfers. Mm. One one of them, like one of them, will work, but it'll probably cost us two hundred and fifty million. And I think that that that's the worry. How much money can you can you spend? Because it's not like the Glazers haven't put money in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, you spent a fair bit. Three centre backs cost you one hundred and forty million. Yeah, between them, that is crazy. But I think if anything is is pretty solid, I think it's our defence. Like Liverpool had some great chances today, but I thought we did quite well to hold them off when they were all over us. Like, yeah. L- Liverpool only played three midfielders. We somehow played five and we still got outnumbered. Yeah. And, and the, do you know what? Credit, credit where credit's due. There was times in the game where you really did cause us some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then flashes are promising. Mm. But it's flashes, isn't it? Yeah. 
So I'm going to sort of get off the subject of, you know, chopping your, chopping your legs off at the knee and mm-hmm. wax lyrical about Liverpool for a second. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like this Liverpool team is underappreciated. Everyone in the world seems to think that we are in the luck of the draw with VAR. There was a table put up to say that we've not gained or lost any points over the accumulative decisions. Mm-hmm. It's sort of been about even. It's almost like people are saying that we're lucky. I mean, bar and City, do you see anyone else beating us? Uh, no, not really. Admittedly, I don't think we'll go this season unbeaten. I think there will be a slip-up, but I think a slip-up is more about us than a team being better than us. Yeah. I think there might be a lapse in concentration. We are 16 points in front with a game in hand. It's really interesting that you're sort of defending Liverpool and defending against like accusants of Liverpool being lucky, having VAR on their side. It kind of reminds me of how I used to feel as a Man United fan like 20 years ago. Maybe 10 years ago even. How people always used to rant and rave about how lucky we are and we only managed to do this because we've got money or we only managed to do that because Fergie time. Um, now you understand. It's, it's quite nice that after years of friendship you can finally empathise with me and understand what it's like to be someone who wins all the time and as a result gets hated on. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of like the fact that we're hated a little bit. Like... <laughs> yeah. Because I just kind of think to myself, you're just so envious. You're just so, so jealous. It's like, like you wish. Yeah. If people out there say that they don't want, they don't wish that Jurgen Klopp was their manager, they're a liar. I'm not hating at all. I quite admire the work that's been put into the team. The scenes were quite unfortunate for me as a fan, but sidestepping my loyalties to my club as a generic football fan, the scenes were pretty spectacular at the end of the game. Seeing Alisson run the length of the pitch because he got an assist with Mo Salah. Um, and the, the fans singing We Shall Not Be Moved, the fans singing Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp cuddling all of his players like he's their dad. It was quite beautiful to see, I must admit. I have a quick stat for you. Hit me with the stats. Fernando Torres, yep. as, we, as we know, was, was decent at Liverpool. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Especially that first season and then first couple of seasons was unstoppable. Like, yeah. one of the best strikers in the world. Um, he scored 65 goals in 102 games for Liverpool uh-huh. in the Premier League, right? which is outrageous. You're going to tell me Mo Salah's got more than that, right? Mo Salah has scored the same amount of goals in 93 games. Let's not bore the listeners. Shall we talk about something else? Yeah, well, another really important game uh, was at the bottom of the league. Um, I was really excited for this game. It was Norwich versus Bournemouth. Um, 1-0 to Norwich, it finished in the end. Uh, Timu Puki scoring his first goal in a little while from the penalty spot. Um, A few talking points. What an amazing save by Steve Cook. What a save. What a fantastic what save. What a save. Oh my God. But why did he do that? No idea. I think it's a reaction. I think that's what you put it down to. I think you put it down as a knee-jerk reaction. It's just, he has 
seen the ball is about to go over him, seen Ramsdale in front of him, and I think he's just gone for it. Is that ever acceptable? No, no, never acceptable. But I, but I think it's... Is it in a World Cup final? No. Oh. Suarez did it and got his team oh, to the, okay. the semis of the World Cup. Okay. You're talking, you're, okay, you're talking morally. I thought you meant in terms of the rules. Um, right, morally, if I am playing for England in the World Cup final, yeah, and um, we're playing Brazil and he- Gabriel Jesus is through on goal, you know, he's, he's rounded um, Pickford, tried yeah. to lob it over me, I am punching that ball over the crossbar. Take the red card for the team. Yeah, yeah. Like, but then they go and score the penalty, and now you're a man down and a goal down. <laughs> but it's fine. Like the thing is, is you've you've stopped a certain goal, and it can potentially be rectified. Can you imagine how much of a hero you'll be? It's kind of hero or zero, isn't it? Exactly like Suarez, I guess. He became a hero. Yeah, like, like I am punching that ball over the crossbar. I think I'd do the same, to be fair. I mean, you'd be a massive prick for doing it, but what a rush that'll be if they miss the penalty. Just Steve Cook, he's just come back into the squad, been made captain. I guess the adrenaline rush of acknowledging that this is a really important game, your club are basically bowcats, i.e. they're going down. Um... And I guess it just got to his head. He thought, I'm the captain. I need to take responsibility. I need to make this safe right now. Maybe he thought it was rush keepers. You know when you play rush keepers and anyone who's in the box can touch it? Oh, it was decent. <laughs> it was decent. Was that rush or Roman? I, I, I used to, I, it's a bit of both, isn't it? Some people call it rush. Some call it Roman. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in Roman. Okay. Roman, Roman keepers. keepers. Yeah. I've got an interesting fact about uh, Buendia. Oh, hit me with it. I thought he had a, yeah, I thought he had a decent game. Um, so I just kind of did a little bit of research on him. So one interesting fact, he was born on Christmas Day in 1996. Oh, my. Um, and he joined Real Madrid's youth academy at the tender age of 13. There are your two interesting facts about Buendia. Oh, well, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Buendia. I think if Norris go down, he'll stay in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. And I think they will go down, to be honest. I think that they're too... It's too easy, to con- it's too easy for them to concede. Mm-hmm. They don't play bad football, though. No, they play, they play real good football. And whereas I feel Bournemouth... Norwich, I feel like, sort of have a bit of a fighting chance, whereas Bournemouth seem almost definite to go down. Um, and I guess the I talking know. point around Bournemouth is... What do you do about Eddie Howe? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because I think that if it's any other manager, they're gone. Mm-hmm. But I think because of the amount that he's done for that club in years gone by, I think that that's his saving grace. And I think he's kind of got kind of got tenure, you know, just unsackable. The issue is, is who do you get in? Who do you get in that's going to do a better job than Eddie Howe? Potch. Jesus Christ. Valverde. The thing is, it could be detrimental to Bournemouth. This could be... Valverde, stop it. You're <laughs> embarrassing yourself. Um, the thing is, is 
it can be detrimental to Bournemouth if they go down because they they only get a gate of about twelve thousand. There is this myth surrounding Bournemouth that they're they've done so well to stay up and you know they've they've built this squad out of nothing. But many people forget they've actually spent a lot of money. Considering like Jordan Ibe wasn't cheap, Solanke wasn't cheap. I know. Thank. By the way, thank you for that, Bournemouth. We we really appreciate that. Yeah, they gave you some some nice money for players that aren't that good. I think it, I think we we got about thirty four million combined for both for them. Sorry, can I stop you there? We've missed out one big thing in that Norwich game. The referee looked at the VAR monitor. <laughs> My lord! <laughs> like, how long did it need to take? Mm. It was. It's kind of like the, the Premier League have forgot about their pride now and gone, nah, I tell you what, don't get much worse, just go for it, boys. Yeah, there's there's a lot of confusion and I feel like referees get undermined a lot of the time if they don't look for themselves. But if they look for themselves, you can tell it's like a, a collaborative decision as opposed to a, what's the word, someone telling the ref, change yeah, your mind. An order. Yeah. Um, One last thing I just wanted to mention about this game was I really like the Scandinavian accent. I heard Timu Puki in an interview after the game and what's their manager's name again? Lord Farquad. Lord Daniel <laughs> Farker. Daniel Farker, that's it. Lord Farker. <laughs> Meet the Farkers. Lord Farquad, you know the guy from um Shrek. Yeah, I know exactly who you're on about. <laughs> But yeah, I just, I just wanted to add in that I quite like the uh, Scandinavian accent. Finnish, Norwegian, Swedish. Mainly Finnish, though. What did you think of uh, Team Wupuki's penalty? All over it, mate. It went in the back of the net. It don't matter how it happens, does it? Good Finnish. Did you get it? <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> so um, I thought one of the most entertaining games of the weekend was Southampton, who have been on... Quite a good run of recent against Wolves, who have been on such a good run in the last five games or so. Um, finished 3-2. Um, and what was really disappointing about this game for me is Jimenez played really well, as did Adama Traore, both of which are in my fantasy squad, but both of which I left on the bench. So I missed out on 23 points in those two players because they're on my bench, which really annoyed me. And like Jimenez, deadly striker. Again, I did a bit of research on Jimenez because I was like kind of studying him in this game. So a few facts about Raul Jimenez. He was born two days after me, but a year before me. He went to Atletico Madrid in 2014, didn't make an impact. He was supposed to go on loan to West Ham a year later, but he missed his flight to go to the medical. Rumours were that his agent purposefully spunked um, that move going ahead so he could get a permanent move to Benfica which he did do um, had a good few years at Benfica then went on loan to Wolves and last year made it permanent and now he's a pretty good striker <laughs> 20 goals this season isn't it now? yeah in terms of his goal involvement as well he's up there with the on the assist chart as well I can't remember exactly how many but I think he's maybe top of the kind of goal involvement charts 
which is a combination of goals and assists in the Premier League? Southampton, I think I think only Liverpool, Man City have picked up more points in the last 10 games than Southampton. Yeah, they've been on an incredible run. I feel there was literally after that 9-0 spanking to Leicester, I feel Hassan Hudel, I love saying his name, I feel he just kind of just changed their whole like ethos, their whole direction. And since then they've they've managed to pick up and they look like they're almost definitely going to stay up now after that little run. Yeah, I mean, I can't see them going down now. Danny Ings is still proven to be a shrewd signing. 14 league goals this season. Um, it was a shame, you know, going... They, they went 2-0 up, didn't they? Yeah, going 2-0 up and then losing at home is never, is never great. On the plus side, Shane Long got his goal. First goal of the season. He just pops up every now and then, doesn't he? Oh, well, I'd, every now and then is really quite kind. <laughs> I think it's just every every now and then. Like there's a really big pause before the then comes. He's really confusing because every time he does pop up, I always say to myself, "Oh yeah, Shane Long, he's a good striker. He must have been injured." I just always give him the benefit of the doubt, but the reality is, he just doesn't turn up enough. <laughs> Not good. Like, he sort of, yeah, it doesn't really do much. One question. Is Nathan Redmond Theo Walcott? <laughs> See, I'm probably not the best person to talk about this because I actually, quite, I've been quite fond of Nathan Redmond for a fair few years. Um, I think he's, I think- similar to Theo Walcott, that nearly guy, that like he's gonna be someone guy, never really makes it. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I feel kind of harsh on Theo, you know. He, uh, there's a, there's a few times at Arsenal where I thought, go on, this is your chance now, like you're on a roll, and then it just stores. Like he might get injured or he just goes off the boil. It's just kind of sad. It's unfortunate, isn't it? It's kind of out of his out of his hands. A little bit, a little bit. Um, but I probably, I mean, I can see why you're putting him in that category. I kind of feel like it's a bit of. I'm, I'm half tempted to agree with you, to be honest. I am half tempted to agree with you. I think that they do fall in that nearly man category. Another one is Buffal. Adam Shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Adam Shake's better. <laughs> wow. Buffal is rubbish. Honestly, Southampton, look at Adam Shake. And I want, <laughs> yeah. I want to be, yeah, I'm, I'm getting 10% of his contract. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to talk about the Man City and Leicester games. Yeah. Not that I'm going back to Liverpool or anything, but it's probably the, you know, it's a great weekend. Everyone dropped points around them. Yeah. What is it with Palace at the Etihad? Um, I don't know if the way Man City play kind of works in Crystal Palace's favour, maybe. I kind of feel with their, their ability to counter-attack, Man City coming at them and kind of playing ball in their half for most of the game works hand in hand for Palace who obviously have 
some quick players in Zahar in particular. I think this is like like a little counter attack, and they capitalise on that against Man City, who are weak at the back at the moment. I thought John Stones looks a bit shaky. That's a really interesting topic. Do what? What do we make of John Stones? If if every England centre back is available for the Euros, is he starting? I think he starts simply on the basis that he's already formed a partnership with Harry Maguire. And I think it's similar. You can look at most defences in the Premier League. There's always that one main centre-back. And the other centre-back is just there because he works well with him. Like, is Gomez really amazing? Or does he just work really well with Van Dijk next to him? And I think it's the same with... I don't think Stones is amazing individually but he works well with Harry Maguire. See, I personally wouldn't have Stones in that squad. I think he's too much of a liability. Well, I would have him in the squad, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't have him in the starting eleven because I think he's too much of a liability. Okay, yeah, I hear that. He's quite a liability. I think he takes too many unnecessary chances. In saying that, it was, it was Fernandinho that scored the own goal in the end. And uh, I did see a stat somewhere. I can't remember what it was, but he had, he had a pretty bad game. He didn't win many of his aerial duels. Uh, he got taken on and beaten many times. He didn't win many tackles. I think he had a bit of a stinker. So there's two things to that. One, it was John Stones at Sahabi relatively easily, I think. Mm-hmm. So then who he then whipped the ball in and it hit Fernandinho. And the other one is, is Fernandinho is not a natural centre-back. Yeah. So I kind of give him a little bit of leeway. How bad must that make Otamendi feel? I'm not sure how Otamendi feels, but I'm sure he's got an agent somewhere who's um, looking at his options. I mean, to be honest, he's pretty rubbish as well. It's amazing how Laporte getting injured has really changed their season. One thing I wanted to mention as well is, uh, bless Phil Foden. I just really like how desperate he is to be involved. Oh, what? Are you talking about the celebration? <laughs> yeah, it was quite cute Honestly. how desperate he was to get involved. And he ended up, I think he jumped on De Bruyne's back. De Bruyne wasn't the goal scorer, but he just jumped on anyone's back just because he wanted to be involved. Come on, buddy. <laughs> he was Stay the only out. player warming up at the side of a Bibon involved in that celebration. I thought it was pretty cute. Yeah. Uh, wow. One thing I did want to mention is that Tosin scored a goal. On his debut. On his debut, yeah. One for one. Turkish footballer. Big saint. How many Turkish footballers that have played in the Premier League can you think of off the top of your head? Emre. What, Newcastle Emre? Emre Belazogu, I think his name was. Yes. Alpai. Alpai, yeah, Alpai. St. Tosin. Colin Kazim Richards. Remember Colin Kazim Richards? Yes. Hakan Suka. Oh, have you heard about Hakan Suka? Yeah, an Uber driver. Yeah, in New York. Unbelievable. If you haven't checked that already, check that out. Yeah, it's amazing. Unbelievable. They've frozen his accounts and everything. And anyway, not getting into that, that's all political. Hakan Suka played for Arsenal, didn't he, for a little bit? No, no, that was Davos Suka. Davos Suka oh, no, from that's Croatia. An error. That's, that's an error. Um, Hakan Suka, I think, played for like Blackburn or one of them. And I'm struggling after that for Turkish players. There was one who played for Liverpool. Muzi it? was the most... Appeared most in the Premier League. Uh, two guy. Uh, two guy. Oh, used to score a banger a season, two guy. Yeah. Oh. Mad volleys. Uh, and one play for Liverpool. Turkish yeah. player. Yep, yeah, came from Borussia oh. Dortmund. Didn't stay very long. Oh, Nuri. Nuri Sahin. Yeah. Yes. 
I should write for a newspaper because the headline I already used was uh, Turkish Delight. Yeah, cheers. You can have that, that one. That's genius. No one would have thought of that. <laughs> they really wouldn't have. This is why I'm paying the big bucks. Man City drop points. Um, your other title challenges, I don't think they really are title challenges anymore, but the closest to Liverpool in terms of the league table, uh, Leicester City also dropped points today. Um, what do you make of this, Dan? Um, sorry, buddy. Um, Man City are the closest challengers. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the other closest challenger. Ah, yeah, good, good, good. Got you back. <laughs> I got you back. I got you back. Um, so, I was a little bit shocked by this because I, I'm i trying to develop the, uh, the Spanish lifestyle. So uh, I had a little bit of a siesta, and you missed the game. I well, no, no, I just, I just missed the goals. Oh, so I woke up and it was two one. I think I woke up with like five minutes left to go. I watched the whole of the first half and then sort of had a little siesta in the break, and that siesta just sort of carried on a little bit too long. Yeah, and so I woke up and was like, ah, that's amazing. So uh, congratulations, Burnley. That's really interesting because I actually did almost the polar opposite. I, I missed the first half. I listened to it on the radio as I was cycling. And then I got home in time for the second half and watched the whole second half. Um, See, honestly, this is why we do a podcast because we complete each other. We fill in each other's gaps. We're like a jigsaw. Not literally. No. That could get in the newspapers. That could. Get your mind out of the bin, man. <laughs> Stop it now. From what I saw of the game, Burnley... Definitely were weathering a storm. Um, Leicester were mostly in their half, um, really attacking, had some good chances. Vardy missed a penalty, or more should I say, Pope saved the penalty. Um, Pope had a really good game. And Burnley scored completely against the run of play, and then just defended. Like the perfect giant killing. You know how teams will like get a plucky win by just defending the whole game, getting one chance and scoring. That's exactly what happened in the second half. Did you check out Harvey Barnes' goal? I didn't see that one because I didn't see the first half. So have a look back at it because it just seems like awful defending. It just seemed like no one really wanted to put a challenge on. Mm. Um, which is kind of unlike a Burnley side. They normally love a challenge. You know, as I was watching this game, I was thinking to myself, I bet Dan is really supporting Burnley because I know you like Burnley and I know obviously you want Leicester to lose because of title contenders, whatever. Um, and also, I think Sean Dyche is your kind of geezer. I can imagine you and oh, him honestly, being mates. Barring my mate Jürgen, there is no one I'd rather go to the pub with. I could just really imagine you being boys. So this is the thing. I don't actually, I'm not actually that bothered about Burnley, to be honest. I mean, I could take them or leave them. I actually really like Leicester. Oh, for real? Well, that's <laughs> Ironically a surprise. enough. I thought yeah, we knew each I other. Really Leicester. Um, but you're, you're, you're spot on with old Dice. Oh, what I give. <laughs> if, if you're listening, Sean, give us a shout. You know, D Samworth on Twitter. Uh, we'll go for a pint. I know a couple <laughs> of nice places. Uh, Watford Tottenham was an interesting game. That was the first game of the weekend. I watched that from start to finish. Um, Saar, is it Ishmael Saar? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. He really impressed me. He was really, really good. He was tenacious. 
um, Ben Foster, until today, I thought was the best goalkeeper in England, the best English goalkeeper going. Uh, but now I think it's Nick Pope. But Ben Foster, either way, had a really good game. How good is Ben Foster's reflexes? Oh, yeah. For a, for a guy who was looking to retire um, in the summer last year, he's, it's almost like he's, he's never been better. Unbelievable. Unbelievable goalkeeper. I'm right up there with you, actually. I prefer him to Jordan Pickford. Tottenham were close, weren't they? I think it was 10, 10 millimetres? Yes. Uh, first touch in his Watford career, Pasetto, I think his name was, with a goal line clearance that was the closest thing I've ever seen. The closest goal line clearance I've ever seen. And in all fairness, I think Watford deserved to probably win that game. You might have heard there was a penalty, definite penalty. Vertonghen had his hand all the way out and the ball hit his hand. Troy Deeney, pretty weak penalty really. This is one that I would say, although it was on target, I would consider that a penalty missed rather than a penalty saved. And that, that's really ironic because the one thing, the one word you don't associate with Troy Deeney is weak. Yeah. <laughs> that man is everything but weak. It was really interesting. I was watching the game and although Watford were the better team, had more of the ball, had more chances, the whole time I thought to myself, I feel Tottenham might win this just because although Troy Deeney is a very good player, he doesn't really have that magic that like Son Hyung Min may or Deli Ali or Ericsson can, even though he probably doesn't want to be there. Um, and I just thought it might be a, a game like that where Watford are all over them and then Son just does something amazing or Deli Ali just arrives in the box late and does something amazing. But I mean, it finished nil-nil, which I think both managers will be probably okay with. Uh, oh, no, I don't know. I know what I feel like that's, I mean, give, given how the game went, Tottenham were lucky to not lose, yeah. I think that Spurs will be happy with the point after the game, mm-hmm. but before the game, they should be going there getting all three. Yeah. Um, I, my pre-season shout of Newcastle being okay is looking pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah. That was, that was a real surprising win. Um, I only saw the first half of that game. And Chelsea had a few chances. I felt like it was another one of those kind of giant killing games where Chelsea were the, the team on the attack for most of the game, looked the most likely, just couldn't put away their chances and fell to a pretty late goal. Chelsea desperately needs someone to stick the ball on the back of the net. I know Abraham's done really well, but he seems to have gone off the ball a little bit. Mm. Um, they're linked with Timo Werner from RB Leipzig. He's a he's a good striker. I do like him. It'll be interesting to see how that develops. I think he'd be a real good signing for him. Huge positive for Chelsea. Reese James is an excellent player. We spoke about him last week, oh. and again, he really impressed me. So good. Yeah. So good. I really want him to play left back. <laughs> but he whips the ball in so nicely with his right foot. I know, I know, but I don't think he's a good. I don't think he's as good as Crosser as uh, Trent in the England squad. Trent pips it for me, but Reese Reese has got to be taken to the Euro twenty if he maintains this this form. And this is the thing: like, who do you who do you play second fiddle? Him or or well, Kyle Walker? People forget about Wanda Saka. 
Wan-Bissaka. Honestly, we have got the best pick of right-backs in the world, I think. We've got all the right-backs. Kieran Trippier. How have we got Trippier? Exactly. And St. James's Park is just becoming a bit of a hospital at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's injured. And our, belo- our beloved Oxford United go there soon. Yeah, and take advantage of the uh, hospital. That's it. <laughs> get, get a checkup. Yeah. Yeah. Get in there, go in there and get a, get an MOT done. An MOT at the hospital. Yeah, man. Like you know, you know, there's sort of like if you're like over like fifty five, you can get like a health check. They call it like an MOT. That's interesting. Get your motors and stuff. Yeah, you know, have a little have a little look. All your all your you up. Cogs are, are still working. I did WD forty my bike yesterday Cogs. actually on Cogs. Cogs, yeah. Cogs. What's oh. What's wrong with Cogs? Just just the first thing you thought of was Cogs. Yeah, it's just a go to word, isn't it? I I am a Bachelor of Science then. You're a Bachelor of Science? Yes. You you you're just a bachelor, my friend. <laughs> Do you think the Newcastle will stay up? If Joel Linton can get scoring and Almiron can maintain a bit of form, I think they're going to be in a relegation battle. But I see yeah, them staying yeah, up still. Yeah. I think they'll be safe. Gabriel Martinelli is going to be a player. He's going to be incredible. That's pretty much all I've got to say. <laughs> Sheffield United have done well, to be fair. It's a real good point away. Um, mm-hmm. not that we should be too surprised you know they're sort of industrious mm. and they can play they can play football yeah I'd rather talk about the Ollie McBurney incident rather than the actual game um, which isn't even linked to the game it, it's it's the it's the whole he went to go and watch Swansea play Cardiff and there's a big uproar because he went and I think he was caught swearing or singing singing a a song that had swear words in it, which is completely mental because he's a person. <laughs> I mean, he, he's, he's a fan. I think it's just ridiculous. And I think everyone needs to grow up a little bit. Um, that's me on my soapbox, by the way. Cheers. No, I, I fully agree. Like, I mean, for example, I work in radio, um, but I listen to, I listen to radio stations that I don't work for. And I think that's okay. You're allowed to support football teams that you don't play for. That's it. Well, I mean, he's he comes from Swansea. Oh, oh, does he? Does he? No, he doesn't. That's an error. I think he's Scottish. Um, then in that case, what on earth is he doing at Swansea? Swansea's in Scotland, isn't it? <laughs> um, oh, he, well, he's born in Leeds, so I'm completely flummoxed here. He plays for Scotland, he's born in Leeds, and he's gone to visit Swansea, so I think he's just a bit of a great British whore to be honest I think he just does this bit for each country I've got four points on that game um, my points are Pepe is becoming an excellent player I think he's the player that Arsenal wanted Zaha to be but they no longer need Zaha because they have Pepe um, yeah. I think Saka put in an excellent ball for Arsenal's goal I was pretty impressed of him um, Mustafi I think is not good enough, but somehow still Arsenal's best defender. I <laughs> know, oh, it's funny. <laughs> and finally, Arteta is extremely sexy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That took a turn. <laughs> there, there were the notes I wrote down on that game. That was all. 
<laughs> I have to disagree with you about Arteta being sexy. Really? But that's not something we can get into now. Yeah, no, I'm just not feeling it. Um, the other thing I was going to say to you, Mustafi is a terrible, terrible defender. And it kind of just makes you realise how bad David Luiz must be in your eyes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hard It's hard to think of any more words for David Luiz. I think on almost every episode of the podcast this season, we've said something bad about David Luiz. I know. I know. things to say. What a hero. What a hero. What I will say to you is um, changing the subject because we don't want to give Arsenal's defence too much airtime because Arsenal fan TV would do a good job of that. Mm-hmm. Or I think it's called... Oh, I think they changed their name now, but um, AFTV, something like that. Yeah, um, Villa, Brighton, Villa, Brighton. Now, Jack Grealish is incredible. Yeah, like I think that he will certainly move on. Um, I think he should stay and be a see, hero. I think, I think he would be. I think he'd be really suited to somewhere like an Arsenal or a Tottenham. I think he'd start for both of them. I, I think he'd start for both of them sides. What happened to players sticking to like their boyhood club? It doesn't really happen anymore. There, there's like this, I feel there's this increase of like, players coming from teams lower down and going to a bigger club and just the big clubs get better and the small clubs get smaller and this huge like divide just increases i miss the days where you had like i don't know like a, a matt letitia playing for southampton and smashing it even though he could play at a high level what happened to those days those cult yeah. heroes yeah yeah i just think they're few and far between though I just think though they are, yeah. I think they're very few and far between now. Um, I think that at the end of the day, everyone wants to see medals at the end of their career, and I yeah. think that somewhere like Villa, you're going to really struggle. And I think that Jack Grealish has the ability to play in a team like Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, United. I actually like him now. I remember I hated him because he just looks like one of those guys you want to punch because of his hairstyle and his low socks and stuff. But I weirdly like him now. Yeah. See, see, I'm still, I'm still trying to get used to it. I know it's been God knows how many years. <laughs> but yeah, I'm still trying to get used to it. He does have like that asshole haircut. Not saying his haircut looks like an asshole, but he looks like an asshole because of his haircut. That makes sense. And and you have just offended about fifty percent of males <laughs> under the age, under the age of twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> they all look like assholes oh. these days. All these kids. Honestly, honestly well, Jesus Christ. Let's move on quick. Right. So the one point, talking point I wanted to make about this game was that my, one of my heroes come back to the Premier League, Pepe Reina. Did he have a good game? He done all right. I thought he done all right, but the goal, I thought he maybe could have saved that. Is that harsh? Potentially, potentially. I mean, my, I'm going to throw in an excuse here and say that um, he's been on the bench for a while, you know, might be a little bit rusty. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, that's my excuse because Pepe, in my eyes, should be a lord. Lord Pepe. Put it this way, he he's probably going to go in my fantasy team just because sentimental value. Fair. <laughs> Even though he's probably not going to keep many clean sheets being between the sticks at Villa. Um, <laughs> one thing I found quite entertaining during this game was, I think it was Hurahan did a bit of a, a professional foul. You remember back in the day on FIFA, on PlayStation, remember on PlayStation you had the select button, which didn't really do anything. It like normally took you to like a, a menu or whatever. But when you were playing FIFA, if you press select, it would do a like intentional foul, which for years I thought was international foul until I read it properly. And Hurahan did one of them where you have no intention of playing the ball. You just grab a player by the neck or by... You just you just grab them or just kick them or yeah. just do something to purposefully stop them running. Um, and I quite rated that he did an intentional foul and press select. I mean, it's that that's the second best thing to do on a football game after this is football with the whole diving. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is this is football needs to bring a new game out. By the way, Let's, we should start a petition. Um, you could dive and there was no one around you. That was amazing. Oh, it's amazing. The team player, isn't it? It's like Valverde against uh, for Real Madrid against Atletico in the Spanish Super Cup when he's just hacked down Morata, I think it was. Sort of Morata was for on goal, nil nil extra time, and he just hacked him down. Like <laughs> just taking the red card. That's just taking- team player. It's, it's it's the same as a handball, isn't it? It's the same as that handball instant. It, it's cheating. Yeah. It's just cheating, but but it's like cheating for your family. Yeah. <laughs> if that is a thing. So, honestly, hero. Um, the last game is West Ham Everton. It's that game where I feel like the, the managers should be managing the other team. Oh, I, I get what you mean with Moyes. I'm not too sure about Ancelotti and West Ham. For how me and you have approached conversations regarding West Ham and Everton, Mm-hmm. I think a draw is a perfect result because I think we both think that they're boring. They're both teams that like, remember we made that analogy where you're trying to explain to someone something really exciting that happened at this party and they were at the party, but you completely took for granted they were there because they're so like uncharacteristic. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the only way this could have been more of a West Ham Everton game if, it's, if it was nil-nil. You, you're going to mention Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Hear me out on this. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin looks a little bit like Harry Kane. Like, I think they could be cousins. Wait, hold on. Hold on. There's something about his chin that's a bit Harry Kane-like, I think. Are you looking at a picture of him now? Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I actually kind of see where you're coming from. Okay, good. I thought you might like slam me to the ground for that. You're like, no, what are you talking no, about? No, you're blind. I, honestly, I, I kind of see it. I kind of see it. So you're all right. You're all right. I don't. I don't. I, I still don't really rate him though. Um, and I also think that Mason Holgate, who set him up, is terrible. Um, and that's all. I, Mason Holgate, yeah. But that's all. I, and that's all I've really got to say um, about that game. So that's really interesting because. Holgate was picked out on 
Um, match of the day for having a good game by Alan Shearer. Yeah, I mean, everyone can have one good game in their career. Still, just... the See, this is quite a PC show, isn't it? We don't really swear on here. We're allowed to. But then I have to put up an explicit content badge thing. But we don't really swear, do we? No. Like, so I can't really describe Mason Holgate. Wow. So are you suggesting the only way to describe him would be to use expletives? Put it this way, it's a four-letter word. It starts with W and it ends in K. And a lot of teenage boys do it. I'm not teenage. (laughs) 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 Oh, wow. And on that note... On that note... (laughs) That's perfect. Um, I know what I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> you're going to you're going to you're going to have a whole gate. Um, go to the bank, yeah. <laughs> um, and on that note, I don't think there's anything left to say. Thank no. you, everyone, for listening, and good night. Oh, happy anniversary! We never said happy anniversary. Oh my god, it's been a year. It has been a year. In two days, oh. it would have officially been our first show. The a year since our first release. Wow. In two days? Yeah. Which happens to be my birthday. That's how I know it was the first release. Honestly, just send, just send, just, you know, everyone, if you just want to send well wishes and cards in the post, um, you know, I'm, I'm humbled by it. Nice. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Good then. Night. Bye. Bye.